Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Charlotte. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to talking to you. So start out by telling me a couple of things about yourself. So a couple just fun facts about me. I am a huge fan of Supernatural, the TV show. I went to a Supernatural convention in March and that was like a dream come true for me. That was super fun. Um, So that's one of my nerdy things. Um, I really love baking as long as I don't have to clean up. (laughs) But I enjoy baking and Um, Just seeing, you know, people enjoy what I make. I enjoy doing that. Um, And I love puzzles too. I have a a full bookcase behind me just full of puzzles. So I am definitely a puzzle person. (laughs) Like just jigsaw puzzles that you put together? Yeah. Like I don't know if you that whole bookshelf. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you put them together and take them apart and put them back in the box. Yep, I do. put them together again at a later date or they just stay in the box? I usually wait like a couple years before I will have the patience to do the same one again. (laughs) You buy the hard ones. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that's great. I love that. I love learning about you. So thank you. So you got to tell me, you have a story. What is your lemon to lemonade story? Yeah. So I am excited to, to share it. So this all started... Um, a couple years ago at the beginning of 2018. So I was, you know, I was just living life. I was going to college. I was getting my prerequisites done to try to apply for nursing school. Um, So really busy with school. I was dating my now husband, um, but had just started dating. Um, So that was exciting and, you know, just kind of, you know, excited about what was, you know, ahead for me. And my mom had passed away from colon cancer when I was eight years old, um, which obviously that was a a huge, a huge loss, a huge sadness. And I had a brother who, when he was in his early twenties, had a colonoscopy done and he had pre-cancer found. And so I was around that age that he was when he had that done. And so I was kind of feeling like, Hey, you should go get a colonoscopy just to be sure. And so I went in, talked to my doctor. They're like, yeah, you have every reason. So Um, you didn't have symptoms or anything? You were just like at that age and thought, I better get some, just check, just to check. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was totally healthy. I I didn't have any health problems. And so they're like, yeah, that you have the family history there. Let's just get you checked out. Right. And so I went and got a colonoscopy done and you know, the prep was not super fun, but you know, worth it to try to get the peace of mind. You know, the doctor came out after the procedure and they're like, Hey, like you don't have any pre-cancer. So that's all good. Um, but we did find something called ulcerative colitis and I'd never heard of that before. And, you know, I'm kind of like, what, what's that? (laughs) And the doctor, you know, kind of underplayed it now looking back, I feel like he's like, you might, be on some medication, uh, you know, probably the rest of your life, but you know, it's, it can be controlled. And I was like, okay, you know, I'd never heard of it. I was feeling totally fine and healthy. So I didn't really think a lot of it. And they started me on some medication and I was like, okay, you know, I just kind of was back at school and, and dating and, 
um, just, you know, really busy. And later that year, we ended up getting married. And I talked with my doctor, I was like, Hey, I don't really, I don't feel sick. I don't want to be on all this medicine if I don't need to be on it. And he said, okay, when you get back from your honeymoon, we can try reducing the dose of this medicine and see how you do. I was like, great. Um, so get back from my honeymoon and cut that medication in half. And about a month later, I started to get sick. It was pretty nerve wracking because so what ulcerative colitis is, it's kind of like Crohn's disease, if you have heard of that, where it's a form of inflammatory bowel disease. And so basically your immune system attacks your intestines and specifically your colon. And it, it causes it to be just filled with open bleeding ulcers. So when I started getting sick, I would go to the bathroom and it was just blood every time I went to the bathroom. And that is also a sign of colon cancer. It can be. And so with my mom, that was really freaking me out. I was like, what is going on here? And, you know, I'm newlywed and going to my husband, like, come look in the bathroom, like, you know, really freaked out. And so we got very close very quickly. <laughs> um, Shared a little too much. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I went back with my doctor and, you know, it, it that kind of, it just started this spiral of, I would be really sick. They would mix up my medications that I was on and I would get better for, you know, whether it was like a month or a few weeks, and then I would just get really sick again. And it seemed like each time I got sick again, it got more severe. It lasted for about a year. I was able to hold off having to go to the hospital. Um, I kind of just was really miserable at home. Um, I, I remember one day, particularly I, I've always been like, school is very important to me. Um, I've never skipped class. I, you know, it's, I, I go, I get my work done. It's, you know, a priority, right. Especially in college, you're paying a lot for it. And I remember one day I had walked over to the school. Um, I was in a pathophysiology class and I was sitting there and I was trying to listen and I was just doubled over in pain. Like I was so anemic from all the blood I was losing because I'd go to the bathroom like 15 times a day and it was just blood. Like it didn't matter what I ate, whatever I ate made me sick. And I was just running to the bathroom. And like during this class, I kept having to get up and I barely make it running to the bathroom down the hall. And then I go back and I'm just pale. I'm just hunched over in my chair. And in, in this college class of, you know, probably 50 students, the professor just stops in his lecture and looks at me and he's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I just shook my head. No. And I grabbed my stuff and I walked out and I'd never left a class before. And I just felt so, so bad. I felt you know, disappointed in myself. And I called my husband. I was like, I need you to come pick me up. I'm not okay. It just felt like I went so quickly from being like a, a healthy, normal, you know, early twenties girl to all of a sudden, like not even able to eat, not able to walk long distances, um, just so, so sick and in so much pain. And 
so about a year after I had that first, what they call a flare, like when your symptoms are really acting up as a flare and then you can go into remission. Um, about a year after that first flare is when I had to be hospitalized. And then from that point within a year, I was hospitalized seven times. And so I just, you know, my body just couldn't handle it. Um, a lot of the medications that they use to try to help you make your immune system really weak because it's, it's your immune system that's attacking itself. So to try to help, they have to make it really weak. And that makes you get all other kinds of problems. So I just kept getting like really bad infections. And at one point I just had air surrounding my heart. Um, I got really terrible chest pain and ended up having to go to the hospital. And that was just so random. Like how, you know, how did this happen? And it just seemed like, you know, I would start to try to get my feet under me again and then something, you know, an infection or, you know, just being so sick that I honestly could barely even stand up all this time, still doing school, (laughs) you know, I applied to nursing school and I got, well, I got rejected a couple of times, but then finally I, I made it and, and got accepted and I started nursing school in January of 2020. So, you know, a really great year, as we all know, for everybody and didn't um, disappoint for me either. And I remember, you know, in, in February, we had our clinicals that we would go to that, you know, they usually are either from like 6am to 6pm or seven to seven. And I would have to wake up at 4am just to give myself enough time to sit in the bathroom. I, I couldn't sleep through the night. Like I would be waking up during the night with just awful pain and urgency. And I would go to the bathroom probably almost 10 times before I could even leave the house. And I would be like on the toilet, just bleeding and throwing up into the trash can next to me because the pain was so intense that it just would make me throw up. And it was, it was awful. And then I would, you know, I'd get to these clinicals where I'm trying to, you know, learn, you know, we have to be on our feet for 12 hours. And the first thing I would do when I would get there is say like, where's the bathroom? I need to know where the bathroom is. Like if I disappear, I'm in the bathroom. Like I promise I'm not just bored and, you know, trying to get out of it. Like I am not having a good time. (laughs) It got to the point where I couldn't even sleep in my own bed. I, I had to take the couch cushions and put them in the bathroom. And I just slept on the bathroom floor because I couldn't even make it from my bedroom into the bathroom. And I just, I remember sitting there one of those nights where, you know, I couldn't sleep for more than like 20 minutes at a time. And, you know, looking at the couch cushions, sitting there freezing cold, it's probably, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning and just thinking, is this what my life is going to be like? For the rest of my life, like I'm, you know, in my early twenties, am I going to be miserable? Am I not going to be able to eat? Am I going to be in pain every day? This isn't a life that I want to live, you know? Yeah. Just feeling really, really discouraged. And I happened to also get an abscess. (laughs) My doctor said, Hey, like, I don't know if this abscess will need to be fixed surgically. So I'm going to refer you to a surgeon. 
And I go in to see this surgeon and, you know, he checks it and he's like, I think this is going to heal. Okay. On its own. I don't think that you need to have surgery. And I was like, okay, that's good. At least this was actually on my birthday, which it made it, um, you know, I, I always can remember what day this was. And he looked at me and he's like, but how is your quality of life? you know, on a scale of one to 10 with like one being, you don't want to be alive anymore. And 10 being you're completely happy and fulfilled. Like, where would you say you are? You know, I kind of took a minute and evaluated and, you know, I I got tears in my eyes and I said probably three or four, you know, in that moment, I was again, just feeling like I have nothing right now making me feel good about wanting to even be alive. Like I, I'm miserable. Like there's nothing good about what is happening right now. The surgeon said, I do this surgery where we remove your colon. He said, it's my favorite surgery that I do because I get to see people's lives completely change. And when he said that, I felt hope for the first time in years. Like I, I felt so just like there could be like happiness again, like I could, I could live and, and not basically feel like I want to be dead all the time. You know, it it was kind of a process, especially with COVID happening to, you know, make sure that the, the surgery could actually happen. And the surgery ended up happening in April, 2020. It was kind of an obstacle because here I was, you know, at the point where I was like, this is the step that I need to take. But that step in of itself was really hard. Um, with it being COVID, I couldn't have anyone with me. You know, I'm about to permanently change my body. It was scary and, you know, intimidating. And my husband had to drop me off at the door of the hospital. And, you know, I, I remember um, sitting down in a wheelchair and a nurse wheeling me inside. And I like looked over my shoulder to my husband and I said, next time you see me, I won't have a colon, (laughs) you know, just like trying to kind of make light of the situation. And I get into the hospital and I actually, I wasn't, I was going to have the surgery on a Tuesday. Um, and I went to get COVID tested before this was on Sunday. Uh, And when I went to get tested, they check your vital signs and my heart rate was 160 just sitting in the car, which is really high, Um, especially if you're not like running or or something. And I was just sitting there and the nurse was like, are are you feeling okay? I was like, no, (laughs) that's the reason I'm, you know, I'm getting this test done is so that I can have surgery. And I got home and they called me and they said, you need to be seen by a physician today. Like you can't wait even until Tuesday. And I was really stubborn. I was like, I'm not going, like I have things I need to do, (laughs) you know, for school and and different things. And, um, yeah, my dad was like, you're going, (laughs) my dad was like, I'm not going to let you not go. Anyway, I ended up going a few days early and I was feeling really, you know, sad about that. I had a bunch of plans that I wanted to do for my room. Um, so that when I got home, I had a good place to recover. Um, you know, I was going to get some plants and some lights and pictures, and I wanted to make a poster that said positive healing environment to put on my door so that if anybody came to see me, they would know 
you know, don't come in and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is so awful that you have to live now this way. And, you know, I was like, no, like this is, I'm making the choice to have this surgery done. It's a good thing. And I wanted anyone to know that all of a sudden I was in the hospital a couple days early and I was, I was pretty upset about it. I was talking to my nurse and, you know, told her my woes <laughs> and she listened and was really sweet. And, you know, she's like, I got to go check on my other patients, but I'll be back around to see you. And she came back a while later with the other nurses on the floor and they had made me a poster that said positive healing environment. And they, you know, they were all crying and they said, you know, we know that you can do this. Like we know that you're strong and capable. And that was just such a powerful moment for me because in one way I had never felt more alone, you know, being without any family, any friends, but yet these nurses, they came together and helped me to feel that I didn't have to be alone and that they were going to help me through it. That just, it made all the difference for me. I was having my surgery done, they even, they hung up streamers and notes all over my room. And so when I got back there and, you know, usually you wake up from surgery with like a family member or somebody by you and I was by myself. Um, but I woke up and saw like these streamers and posters everywhere. And I was just, you know, completely blown away at these nurses and their kindness. It, it was really helpful because I ended up having a lot of complications after my surgery. And I had to be in the hospital for two weeks by myself without seeing anybody. It was hard. Like I, I had some internal bleeding and I had to get a blood transfusion and I got a really bad infection and then I couldn't eat at all. Um, like I ate anything and just threw up, like my body just couldn't handle it. And so I had to get like a pick line placed, um, where they were giving me IV nutrition so that I wouldn't starve to death because I couldn't eat or drink at all. And I ended up going home with that. Cause I, I just, I still couldn't even eat for, um, it took a couple weeks for my body to adjust. So anyway, I get home and like a couple days later have finals <laughs> for nursing school. <laughs> and so it was a lot whole time, just kind of learning a, a new body really, because what they did was they removed my entire large intestine and they created what's called a stoma. And so they create an opening through your abdomen and pull the end of your small intestine through it and sew it there so that it can't like fall back in. And then you wear what's called an ostomy bag over it. It's basically like a bag with a big sticker that you just like um, put over the stoma and it, you know, collects your waste and then you empty it out and change it every couple of days. So yeah, a huge lifestyle change, but I just, started feeling so much better. And, you know, it obviously it's had its ups and downs. Like, you know, I have, you know, some things with like my body image is a little, you know, it can be challenging at times. My body's not normal and, and things like that. But it, for the most part, it has been such a huge blessing for me. I, I can eat. I'm not bleeding every day. I'm not in pain. Like I was like, I just, I am so, in a way, I'm really grateful for that abscess <laughs> that I had, because if I hadn't had that abscess, which again, that was like the most painful thing I've had, but that led me to the surgeon who brought up this possibility. 
And, you know, I don't know how long it would have taken before I would have even have been able to meet the surgeon um, if I hadn't had that abscess. But anyway, I, I ended up finishing nursing school and, you know, I didn't have to take any time off, which was a miracle really. And COVID actually was a huge hand in that because everything was online. It ended up switching to online, which, you know, as I'm in the hospital, that was very helpful for me. And after I finished nursing school, one of the nurses on that floor reached out to me and she said, Hey, you should apply to work here. You know, I, I hadn't, I didn't really know where I wanted to work as a nurse. I just, I I knew that's what I wanted to do ever since my mom um, was sick. I just really, I saw the care that she received and I was like, that's what I want to do for people. I want to help them. And when they're suffering, you know, I had no direction of where I wanted to try to be as a nurse. And so I reached out to the manager there and I was able to get a job there. And like, I, I can't imagine my life being any other way. And, you know, every day that I go to work, I feel like my heart is full And I just feel so grateful. Um, You know, I interact on, I'm on like a surgical floor, um, taking care of patients after any type of surgery. So it could be, you know, hip replacements or appendix out or ones like mine. You know, this last week I had a patient who had to have her colon removed and she wasn't expecting it. It was sudden and she was really not happy about it. And I was in there and, and talking with her and I was like, you know, how's it going with having this ostomy? And she's like, I, I don't like it. I'm overwhelmed. I'm scared. And, you know, obviously I don't like advertise it, but when I feel like it's appropriate, I do share, I have an ostomy too. And if you want to talk about it, if you have questions that I could help answer to help you feel a little bit less scared, like I am happy to talk about it. I'm super open about it. Like no question is weird. Like, you know, I'm happy to talk. This woman just started crying and she's like, I feel so much better just hearing you say that, you know, I've, I've had different people, like just the fact, like seeing that I'm working as a nurse, it like, you know, like this woman, she didn't think that she could even vacuum anymore. Like there's a lot of things that people, you know, it's just not well understood. Um, they think, oh, I'm not going to be able to go swimming ever again. I, you know, all these different things she thought like the twisting of vacuuming would, um, not be possible for her. And I was like, no, like you can vacuum, you can swim. Like, you know, and I think for a lot of people just seeing again, yeah, like that I'm a nurse and I can do that with an ostomy and it doesn't hold me back in any way at all. It just gives them a lot of reassurance that like, Hey, like my life isn't over. Like, you know, this is the beginning and like things can be good. I can still achieve the things that I want to achieve in life and I can be happy. It was like a, a calling for me in my life. And I, honestly, yeah, like I, I can't imagine not being where I am. And it, I just feel so grateful. And yeah, I just, I love having my ostomy and I love sharing it with people. And yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my lemonade that, that has come from all of, all of this. (laughs) Incredible, beautiful, 
Beautiful story. I love how you said it's like your calling. I just think that's amazing idea and just viewpoint with something that could be so traumatic. I mean, this is not ideal for someone in their twenties, you know, that has right. a life ahead of them and questions and concerns. And I, I do, I see that it has given you that freedom because before that you didn't have the freedom with being so sick. And yeah. It's, it's amazing to me that you've come through this and what you're doing. I have just been crying this whole time. I think this is so beautiful. <laughs> and I just think it's amazing how the nurses treated you and oh, yeah. you get to, you get to do that for other people. So yeah, when that nurse reached out to me and was like, you should come apply here. I, you know, in that moment I was like, why wouldn't I want to go learn from those amazing nurses? Like the ones that cared so compassionately for me, I could now go work side by side them and get to learn that compassion. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm really grateful for her. Cause if she hadn't reached out to me, I wouldn't have ever thought like, Oh, I should go apply where I was a patient, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for her too. I love seeing all the gifts in this, all the, mm -hmm. all the lemonade, all the way along that was, being yes. made <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. So what now what's, or what next? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I wrote a book about hope. And so I'm trying to get that, um, you know, find somebody who's interested in it. I want to continue to share that message about you know, that like when life is really hard as it is like, we, and you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more hard things that happen in my life, but there are things that can help us to find hope no matter what, um, difficult things that we're facing. And so I guess, yeah, like that's kind of my, my hope for, for my life is that I can continue sharing that so that other people don't have to feel, you know, hopeless. Well, you're, you're doing a great job of it right now and making some great lemonade because of it. So what would be your, your cup of sugar? What would you like to let people know who might be struggling with something really hard? I think the question, why me is frowned upon a lot. People are like, Oh, don't, you know, don't do that. Don't have a pity party. But I think that the question why me can be very valuable if used in the right way. Um, you know, instead of being like, why me? Oh, woe is me. But instead, you know, taking time to really reflect on yourself and say, why me? Why am I experiencing this trial or this hardship? Why is it happening to me? There's, there's a reason. And what are you meant to use this trial for? Because there, there is a purpose. There is something good that you can create out of it. And so I think that question can be amazing and life-changing, you know, taking those things that happen in life and, and asking yourself, why me? Um, so that you can find the purpose behind the suffering, because without the purpose, it is just that it's just suffering. And, you know, the other thing that I, I really firmly believe is that we go through things in life in order to help other people through them. And I've seen that time and time again, like there are people who I know who have suffered that have been a huge blessing to me. I'm so grateful that they endured what they did so that they could help me. And I hope that I can endure what I need to so that I can help somebody else. And so I think that gives, you know, just a, a feeling of purpose and meaning behind our suffering too. saying, you no, know, how can what I am going through 
then help someone else? How can I do that? Um, Because I really do think everything we go through can be used to help somebody else go through what they need to face. So I would say those are kind of my two, my two things. (laughs) Those are perfect. There's a lot of power in me too, is what I say all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just to be able to share your story so somebody can say me too, and they can just have that connection instantly. I think that's a beautiful thing. But I love your why me. I I always say I'm a recovering why me or why, <laughs> me, why has this happened to me? And right. now it is, it's like, why did this happen for me instead of mm-hmm. why did this happen to me? And yeah. I love that you're teaching that. Why is this for me? And it changes how you look at it. As soon as you ask yourself yeah. that question, why is this for me? You are a gift. I just... I'm so proud of you. I just thank you. I've loved meeting you and hearing your story and you're so inspiring. And I hope you keep telling your story and, and be that nurse that you had, you know, to other people. And I'm sure you are, but what a beautiful, beautiful gift. So thank you. Yeah. And one thing too, that I've loved is, you know, you can feel so alone in what you're going through until you open up about it through social media, I have met people from literally all over the world who are my age, who are going through the exact same thing. And that has just been so, you know, reassuring to me that like, Hey, I'm not alone in this. Like, and I've been able to build friendships and, you know, try to encourage and and lift other people up through that. And man, like that's one huge blessing of technology is that we can you know, connect with people that we never, I mean, like with this, you know, us being able to talk today, that never, you know, never would have happened without that, you know, tool that we have available to us. Yeah. I just, I just keep thinking of all the little tender mercies and miracles that happened all along the way for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How amazing, like even really hard things like COVID or having to recover longer or, you know, all the different things, the abscess, you know, it's just like all these terrible, yeah. terrible things that nobody should have to deal with one right after another, after another, but mm-hmm. you can see and look back on how those were actually like necessary and pivotal and mm-hmm. helpful for you. It just is incredible to be able yeah. to look back and see all the gifts. It really is like looking back in the moment, it feels so, um, you know, it can feel really overwhelming and just sad yeah. and but looking back being like, wow, like that thing that was really hard was actually ended up being this huge blessing, you know, like if that hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. Like there's so many things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I try to teach people not to label stuff good and bad. Oh, this is so bad. Mm-hmm. This happened. This is so good. This happened because it's all good in the end. Yeah. You look back <laughs> and go, well, that was good. Well, that was good. Even that bad thing was good, you know? And, yeah. and so this is a perfect example of just Let's not label it good and bad because it's all working together for your good. It's amazing. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, you just made my day. So thank you. (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. do have um, an Instagram page for it. It's called my ostomy and me. That's right. Yeah. I just kind of share being a nurse with an ostomy, my um, personal health things that I'm facing and try and how I try to keep a positive, optimistic view with all of it. We'll keep on sharing, but I will put the link um, to your Instagram, you know, on the podcast. Okay, so awesome. people can just 
click right on it from there. Um, goodness, that was amazing. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, thank I'll you. go find you on Facebook. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. It's Heidi's Lemonade Stand. So, okay. so find me and, and friend me. I would love that. So okay. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you Your for treat. the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.